today, man. All right. Guys, this is take three. It's take <laughs> one for you if you're listening. This is take three for us. So we take so much time off in between shows. Um, it's always like we're white belts again when we get back on the mic. So this is uh, Dr. Joe with Coach Anthony and the hey, BJJ, uh, Old Dog BJJ podcast. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks. I've been gone to Japan, um, and we haven't had a chance to do one. I, I kind of wanted to do one over there, but without my partner, it's kind of kind of boring. So it's bad just talking to myself. So that so, didn't happen. But we have lots of video. Um, we did some training over in Japan. Um, we have that all. We have a lot of video. Um, I want to do something the... about guys traveling and, and training. Oh, yeah, for sure. That'd because be everything cool. from like, you know, etiquette, going to other gyms and, um, you know, how what to pack, how to pack, what to take with you. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, in Japan, you know what you got to take with you? You have to take with you? What's that? There's three essential items you have to take with you to Japan. Okay. I'm going to save this for a longer podcast, but we, we have to discuss this. Okay. First of all, they don't know the invention called the napkin. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, napkins are few and far between. Interesting. Okay? So okay. you have to bring your own. I'd say bring your own napkins, your own wet naps, and a plastic bag. For the cleanest place I've ever been, except for Toronto, there's not a fucking trash can anywhere. <laughs> my kids would, my kids would see a trash can and be like seeing a Yeti. You know, like <laughs> we've seen it, we've That's seen it. There's to a, me. It is insane. There's no trash dispensers anywhere. I mean, there are. There's a few here or there, and they're yeah. all separated with plastics, regular trash, and sure. um, some one of the paper, I think, maybe. Um, I feel like they, we could really do a whole podcast, because I've got so many, holy like, shit. like yeah. I mean, yeah, It was insane. And you know what? Another, another insane part was, when you go to, um, at least the gym that we went to when we were in Tokyo, you know yeah. how you pay for your classes? This is crazy. How's that? Well, first of all, my brother-in-law took... Jackson. No, yeah. I, you never did. You meet? I Richie? didn't meet him, unfortunately. He was here, okay. and I didn't. I wasn't there for that. So, anyway. so Richie's a blue belt under a professor. Um, he's been training for years, mm -hmm. um, but he he does. Man, he does everything. You know, he does. He does one of those guys that does a little basketball and softball, and he's just, just an athletic he's, guy. He's a very athletic guy, and so, but he trains jujitsu and no, mainly no gi, but does a lot of jujitsu too there on base. Sure. And um, so he goes with Jackson while we're in Tokyo to visit this gym that's right down the street from where we're staying. By the way, it's the number one gym. And, and I could say it's number one when you look at it from IBJJF statistics. Mm -hmm. They have two tournaments a year. Their team always places first. So, I mean, from gotcha. that point of view. Um, so he goes down there and it's called Carp Dam. However you say seize the day. in Carpe and, Diem? Carpe Diem. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Carpe Diem. Yeah. Okay, I should know that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, are, are you testing me? Yeah. <laughs> so he goes down there with Jackson, and this is classic Richie because he takes after his dad. His sister, my wife, is not like this at all. But they go down there, and they're explaining to them how much the classes cost if you're not a member. Mm -hmm. And so Richie tries to haggle on. <laughs> and the guy was very clear that even when Keenan Cornelius comes there, he pays 3,000 yen. Oh. Oh, yeah, they were name-dropping. Wow. So, uh, so, anyways, how you pay for the classes? You come up. It's just like um, the ramen places. There's, they have ticket ramen places. So okay. you're standing in line for your ramen. You pick what ramen you want. You put the money in the machine. You punch it. It gives you a ticket. Somebody comes around. They get the ticket, and then you get the ramen. Okay. Okay. It's the same way. You walk into the gym. You pay for what you want. If you want a towel to shower afterwards, you pay for that. If you want a loaner gi, if you want to buy a gi, if you want to buy a shirt, if you want to do a class, you pay for it there. It punches out a ticket. And just done there deal. You go. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's very really? streamlined. Yeah, no BS. A la carte. 
Yeah. A la carte, yeah. I like that. Yeah, no bullshit there, man. Yeah. You just, there's no hag, so, you know, there's no haggling at all. Yeah. Um, and you, one of the guys I, I was working with too, they mentioned, he wasn't doing this to name drop. We, he was, he had, he was a, a young kid, 23, 24, Japanese, spoke very little English. Mm-hmm. And of course I throw a lasso guard on him. Um, and, the, and I could feel he's passing my freaking guard. So I bicep slice him. Nice. And I'm like, holy crap. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's try that again. And dude, he, he, he does this pass. I've never seen it before. And so, um, afterwards, you know, I said, Hey, thanks a lot. Thank you. You know, it's hard to communicate. Sure. You know? Yeah. It's just, oh yeah. The other thing you got to know is arigato uh, gozaimasu. That's it. That's you say to everyone, arigato gozaimasu, arigato gozaimasu. Like, so arigato gozaimasu. And I, I showed him like my arm. I'm like, what did you do? Mm-hmm. And so he shows, he says, Keenan, Keenan, show me. So I, I don't know if he meant Keenan showed him from a video, <laughs> or, I mean, was there. but that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, no, that's um, really cool. But in, in any case, while I was in Japan, um, you know, and we can talk tons about different things, and that was a lot of fun, a fun trip, and tons of tons of stuff to talk about. Yeah, we'll definitely put that on on the next one. Yeah, um, but uh, the Spider Invitational was was going on, um, which is a hundred thousand dollars to the. Winner of each division. They had yep. the what were the two divisions? Uh, Hundred kilo and seventy six kilo. Okay. And did you get a chance to watch any? Did of not that? watch any of it. Just okay. just a few clips here and there, and then uh, crazy Herbert, uh, <laughs> <laughs> crazy Herbert, uh, whatever that was with Maragali. Yeah, oh, yeah. I watched on on Facebook. I was I flipped through my Facebook when I was in Japan. I saw that Maragali got this lasso sweep. I'm like, oh damn, what did he do? And so I'm watching that, and I wake up the next morning and say, I got to watch that whole match. And I'm not sure what happened at the end of the match. It almost like Marigali got Herbert in some type of arm entanglement. And I don't know if he got him or not, but he tapped. And I didn't have the sound on. Right, yeah. It's it just is. bizarre. Dude, that guy is just some, something's wrong with him mentally. He's got a loose loose hinge or something <laughs> up there in the uh, in the old mental department. So, But this, this but potentially anyway. could be a huge invitational um, because we got a major company, Spider, who does skiing equipment or not equipment they, uh, they do clothing like right? gear yeah, yeah yeah just gear yeah, yeah. that sponsors and all that a jiu-jitsu tournament how bizarre is that yeah, super weird super weird but if they're gonna you know uh would you say the korean uh yeah department of yeah. that is, is so the guy's gotta do jiu-jitsu so yeah there, there's got there's something tied there yeah. somebody really likes jiu-jitsu at that company so i guess the question is the if, money if they had a spider gi would that be it would sell, I'm it sure. Would sell. I am sure it would sell, but we couldn't wear it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we um today we're uh, we have a special guest with us today, uh, Brandon Sweat. I've uh, known Brandon. He's a nurse practitioner um, that I've known for what we say. We'll say four years. Four years so since right. moving here from Knoxville. Yeah. And uh, at that time, I know you were with one particular company, and uh, we got to know each other and. You you branched off and you started your own company, Revital. So what is it? What is it that you guys do at Revital? Um, a lot of it's similar to what we were we were doing at the other place. So a big focus is uh, men's hormone replacement, primarily testosterone. That's a big one. Um, what's a little different is um, we'll see women at this new place too. So being able to, to in in some cases treat the treat the, the family unit, the, the guy and the, oh, wow. and the woman. Um, and we also look at other hormones as well. So not just testosterone for men. That's the big one. Right. Right. Um, but there's other ones that can be looked at and, and that, that may be a, a conversation for another time, but, uh, thyroid, uh, DHEA, 
Um, in some cases, uh, maybe look at growth hormone, and 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 that's definitely a, a whole other conversation. But okay. that's uh, that's probably the big difference. Um, very similar when it comes to the testosterone. Um, very similar, not exactly the same, but in essence, um, kind of hormone optimization. And I, I think that's a distinction that needs to be made between just general hormone replacement, which typically is your primary care doctor or internal medicine doctor replacing it back into the middle of normal. Uh, that's right. typically what will happen, which in some cases is perfectly fine. And what is that for like for people that just throw numbers around when they're talking testosterone so for, levels? So typically what's being checked is total testosterone. That's, that's the one that's normally checked. The normal range for most men is, it's huge, um, 300 to 1,000. It's lab dependent, but that's a safe generalization for okay. most labs, right? Um, it's a big gap. It's a, yeah, it's huge. Um, and so that's a whole other issue sometimes is when a guy is symptomatic and a lot of the symptoms of low testosterone are not specific to it. So like fatigue is one, mm -hmm. but as I'm sure you know, a lot of things cause fatigue, right? Sure. It's not just low testosterone. So if the guy has symptoms, um, you, you check it. And if he's above that cutoff, he typically will not be treated if he's seeing a conventional medicine doctor. The good news is things are changing. A lot of people are kind of catching on. Um, but often the guy will not be treated. So that, that range is huge. Typically it's the, the, the physician or the mid-level. And, and when we say mid-level, we're talking about a nurse practitioner or a physician right. assistant like myself. Um, and in, I don't know, 45 out of 50 states, you're going to have to have a physician in play. There's a few states that allow just the mid-level to operate. Um, I think some Midwest states, but uh, anyway, uh, 600 normally is kind of where it's replaced to. Um, and right. a lot of that depends upon what the person's taking and when they're measuring it. Um, okay. but, but the quick answer is normally 600 or so. Okay. And if they see that, they say you're good to go. Um, and the person may be responding and that's great, but uh, he may not be responding in which case you hope that they'll increase the dose or he is responding, but he's not getting the full benefit of the therapy. So that's the difference between just regular replacement and optimization where optimization is the focus is to push it up to that upper end of normal for a young, healthy male, not a 40 year old, but a 20 year old. Right. So in a nutshell, that's, that's the difference that you mean to get them at the 20 year old level. Yes. Yes. Correct. Okay. Correct. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, not, not at the expected 40 year old level. Cause who the fuck wants that? <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not, it's well, not, it's, it's not optimal. Yeah. It's not, um, my, my own, for full disclosure, my own experience goes back probably, man, when did Larry open up his place? Do you know? Oh, wow. Um, recently or? No, no. Years? His old place. His original place. Okay, moved I got you. Do you remember how long ago that was? Because I don't. It was, Knoxville was opened. It had to have been four, five years ago, maybe. Four, four or five years. That's my guess. Maybe. Yeah. So maybe like a year before I met you. That sounds, that sounds yeah, right. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, I met, uh, big operation, Larry Dow. How do you say his last name? I forgot his last name. Uh, oh, I, we, we, he was always referred oh to as low T Larry. That's, that's what people Yeah. Were. So Larry was an older guy. Um, probably, well, I shouldn't say older guy. Shit. I'm getting there. Um, he was <laughs> mid fifties, mid fifties. And he looked like he was in his thirties. Really? Oh, he, he was in, good in shape. fantastic shape. His story was that, um, I guess he got into, he, he was, a physician assistant, he got into a really bad car wreck at one point. And um, 
he was working at a urology office and somehow got involved after that, trying to get back into shape and rehab himself, somehow got involved with testosterone replacement. And uh, we met and I was probably as, as probably as heavy as I've ever been. Um, I think it was over 240 at that time. Oh. I wasn't fat. I was just big. Yeah. Um, you know, it didn't look like I didn't have a bear gut or anything like that. I was rolling still at that time and lifting a lot and mm-hmm. But kind of felt as I was getting older that I was my energy was getting low. It was hard to keep up that type of lifestyle. Recovery. It's, yeah. Oh, it was awful. That Just was awful. You know, I'd do one workout and I'd have to take two to three days off. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, so I met Larry. Um, we started some replacement at that time. And I didn't want to tell anybody at that time because I think going back even that amount of time, you know, I always talk about clean and dirty drugs methamphetamine is a dirty drug right cocaine true cocaine eh, i don't know if that's really a dirty drug in people's minds you could argue crack dirty sure right so there's these stigmas that people have and i think at that time steroids very had a very bad stigma oh i I would say it was a dirty drug let's say it still does in a lot of circles yeah and it it may be just because the people that i'm around and and i don't see that and i certainly didn't want to have an outburst at work in my environment, for you guys that don't know, I'm an ER physician. And so I don't want, I, I didn't want to have an outburst at work, which is perfectly natural for any human being to sometimes lose your temper, especially when you're dealing with saving lives, dealing with, you know, things that are very time sensitive and maybe dealing with people that aren't as seasoned and new and might need motivation, whatever. And so my biggest fear was to somebody label me like, oh, you're, you're angry because you're on steroids. Oh, mm-hmm. roid, roid rage. Roid yeah. rage, right. Yeah. Which in my own experience, you know, as a, as a pro athlete, being around a lot of people that did steroids, not for those reasons, mm-hmm. I always saw the same thing. Guys that were assholes were just bigger assholes. And guys that were nice guys were still nice guys. Sure. That's a good point. If I could touch on it real quick, that what I've seen um, in practice is, is just what you said, where... where the the stereotype or the um, the thought is that if somebody takes testosterone, um, it's, they're all of a sudden going to become this this raging asshole. What I what I see is uh, that does not happen. It may exacerbate a pre existing personality characteristic, but they were right. you were already an asshole to begin with. Right. You've just you just in in, in a sense kind of put yourself back to your twenty year old asshole in, right. instead of. You know, you're the 45, a little bit less of an asshole you were, but but that exactly what you said is what I what I believe and what I tend to see and practice all the time. Sure. Okay. Well, that's good. I wish we had actual numbers to support. I know. All that. I know. Yeah. I know. It's a lot of it's anecdotal, but um, but definitely, I, I I would agree. Yeah, I found that my mood. I actually felt I was more even. My mood was more. I'm already a moody person to begin with. You know, I shouldn't say moody. More just passionate. I don't know. Yeah. And I found like that was more, um, it was more settled. I felt a lot more comfortable at work. I, I actually didn't get in, as angry as much. That's um, what I've. Ten, that's what you tend to see. And I would challenge you're... people to even say how often I really get pissed at work. I don't really get right. upset, even at home. I mean, I don't. I when I act upset about to my kids, it's it's a complete act, because most of the time I'm not. I'm just want to get like Joey to convey a message. Yeah, to convey a message, right. Yeah, Yeah, and I did that. I did, I can't remember. Joey forgot some, like for the third time, some book they had to return. And, um, you know, then we get a notice. You owe us like 40 bucks for two books or something. And so I'm like, Joey! 
And then I talked to Jackson. He's like, I thought you were mad. I'm like, no, that was just an act. <laughs> so, yeah, anyways, I think that, uh, yeah, I feel that I'm that I, I feel more even, um, if anything. And so when I tie it, when I wasn't with Larry anymore, because I, I came to Knoxville, that's, that's when we met. Right. And uh, you, from Knoxville to, Na- to Nashville. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and back to what you were saying, that's, that's, that's what, what you'll tend to see. And I, and I think anybody that treats low T, low testosterone a lot would, I think they would agree um, that what typically what you see is the mood improves, that, that right. they, they're, they, they're more moody and irritable because they're not feeling well. They're, they're tired. Um, that's probably the big one. Um, and then once you replace things that need to be replaced, like testosterone, they're, they're more mellow, more agreeable. They're, they, they're in a better mood. It's exactly the opposite. And, and, and there may be a distinction between, um, juicing levels, right? Like it's, even then it's difficult to distinguish the two because when you, when, when you, you hear stories about guys that are, um, you know, taking very high doses of testosterone, um, but they're often taking other, other anabolic steroids as well. And so you can't really blame the testosterone when they're also taking two and three other, other steroids. Sometimes it's hard to distinguish it. If it's the testosterone at all, it's, or, is it the testosterone, but it's because they're not taking optimal doses, you know, say, let's just throw a number out, say 300 milligrams a week. It's because they're taking 1200 milligrams a week. Maybe there's a difference there. I, I, I don't know, but right. you know, there's a, I think there, that is a, a distinction that needs to be made. I'm sure, you know, with certain medications, there's a difference between, I don't know what 10 milligrams of morphine versus 120. Yeah. Uh, so you know that that needs to be mentioned sometimes. People yeah. lose that; they just generalize. And, and, and I don't know what the goal level is for a bodybuilder. Good question. Because they, I, they I just have either. protocols, you know, whether they load fast, whether they pyramid up, and these are ungodly amounts of of, of juice that they're taking. I think they take a lot. To what we take. Uh, that's right, and and you know they sometimes it's termed physiological replacement, which is. That's fine. Um, I will say though that that often uh, it's not uncommon. Let's say that for for me and, and others kind of in this in this field of optimization to even go a little bit above physiological. So physiological would be like anywhere from three hundred to a thousand, right? Um, it's not unheard of. In fact, I think sometimes it's very appropriate and beneficial for the guy to put him a little bit beyond that. You know, okay. say twelve hundred, right? Okay. Um, but anyway, it's something that needs to be needs to be mentioned. Do you feel that with TRT, because I would assume most people, we'll just say from from my perspective, the non-medical sure. perspective, TRT to me is Mark McGuire juicing to get that home run record or, you know, all the guys in MMA that have been busted for trying to, you know, build that muscle mass to get that advantage. Do you feel like TRT just has a bad PR campaign yeah it's that's... been it's been pretty bad for yeah even still i, I think it's gotten better I, I would agree that it's definitely gotten better but yeah absolutely that's i think most people that's what they think of when they hear testosterone um there, there's there's even confusion sometimes when i talk to new patients is this even like a real covered medical condition so that to, you know to clarify insurance does cover replacement therapy yeah now that's maybe another conversation as far as what they consider low sure um but yeah, the the it's still got a stigma to it where they think the Mark McGuire. Yeah, that people yeah. feel like it's an illegal thing. Yeah, or that it's illegal. They really shouldn't touch. Yeah. And, and it's it's not illegal if it's um, 
it's you know medically appropriate if a person right. if you, you have a prescription for it, um, it's not illegal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because within the realms that I walk, um, I don't think of it as that drug anymore. And I and that's what's so beneficial about having you here right now is that um, I, I don't see that. I mean, most of the people that I I say most of the people there's just a number of people that I know especially in the jiu-jitsu community or on some are what I like what you said optimization yeah. but um, are taking TRT yeah have found somebody that is kind of managing them and it's helping them because at really at our age it is really tough to and I think I mentioned this before there are some people that are like freakish athletes there's people that are out there that just look absolutely amazing they live an amazing lifestyle and they, they feel well and they feel great um I don't think, and what I don't want to do is like, I don't want to meet somebody, let's say at work and I have like a friend, maybe he's a little overweight, maybe he's low energy. Um, things just aren't going in the direction, talks about how it was when he was in his twenties and things like that. And I don't want to give them the false impression that, you know, yeah, I'm, I, I'm doing what I'm doing and it's all, it's all me without any supplementation. Cause I think that's disingenuous and it's sure. not. I just don't think it's helping people in the right direction. Um, again, if I, I thought there was something incredibly harmful to it, yeah, I wouldn't even do it. Um, but I, I don't want to make people think like when they, you know, like, okay, I'm doing jujitsu three to four times a week. You know, I got a really nice lifestyle with my wife. I'm there as a father. I'm working as much as I'm working. Um, it's not even easy no matter what. It isn't. Mm-hmm. But I remember the days of how fatigued I was and how run down I was. And I swear I had, and I'm already injury prone, but I feel like my injuries I had, I always had something really nagging me. And I still do now, but I mean, it was on a whole different level. Yeah, the, the, the testosterone definitely is a, is a boon. It, it's helpful in, with recovery and um, a, a lot of the... Uh, the benefits of the of the testosterone therapy come from some of the things that, uh, to be honest, initially I shied away from, where uh, the, the gains in 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 lean muscle mass and um, primarily that one, but um, you know, aiding in recovery. Um, I, the first few years of doing, it, I would actually shy away from that a little bit. But as I as I've learned and, and done it more and and you know done a, done extra training, that's where a lot of the benefits come from. The health benefits, being yeah. able to to keep your your body composition healthy oh yeah lower yeah. fat in spite of eating like shit sometimes yeah. <laughs> I mean, i'm saying well yeah. so it was my brother-in-law was asking about that because i had to bring my testosterone with me to japan yeah and um so uh, he had some questions about it because he you know i think the military has a very like no no steroids sure whatever and Stigma i think it's because that's it. all illegal i think it would be totally different if you had somebody prescribing it to you right I think so, you can get a medical, you know, clearance if you're if you're low. I think I, so. maybe not. I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. You know how how they strict they may be or how backwards right. they may be. And um, I told him <laughs> I was only joking around, but I, one of the benefits was I knew I could eat like shit this whole vacation, and I knew I was still going to come back looking decent. It's a nice perk, you know? right? I mean, it, it is. I mean, I eat healthy most of the time, but when you don't, it's just like it's nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And you know, if I'm not as stressed about missing one of those lifting workouts, it's, I, I try to explain it to a lot of people the the goal in most circumstances is, 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 or the way to look at it is just trying to put the, the hormone levels back to what they were when you were 19, 20, 
you know, right. that young, healthy, and in fairness, assuming that person was a, a young, healthy 1920, that that's really all, that's the mindset is, and you tend to not run into issues when you put hormones back to where they were for a young, healthy male. Right. Um, it, it, it's very normal to have good hormone levels when you're 1920. Sure. So there, there, it's, you tend to stay out of trouble when you, when you, when you just put things back to where they were, um, at your, you know, optimal age or in your, in your best health, which for most people is when they're, you know, young, yeah. um, when you feel invincible. Yeah. Yeah. The better part now is though, is that now that you're older, you've got a little more, you're a little more wise, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, you're maybe not quite as, prone to make poor decisions when, when you're feeling right. invincible. Yeah. Um, what, what do you find is the main reason? Cause I, I, I know guys, and we gotta be very careful about this cause, um, we don't want to violate and we have the, we have the amazing ability to go back and edit, which is great. Perfect. Um, but we do have to be very careful cause I know there's like we had mentioned before, there's probably clients of yours that I know. Right. Um, and I know there's people that go to you. There's probably more people that go to you than, than I'm even aware of, but what is the main I, I know from my perspective, guys that I work out with, they want to be stronger. They want to be able to recover faster. Um, and they want to have the energy after work to go to class. That's my small subset of people that I know. What's the main, what's the main objective or the main goal of the, the clients that you're seeing? Yeah, you, Is that still pretty consistent that, from the people that, outside? That's of, about right. The most common complaint is, is fatigue, weight gain. Um, and then, um, you know, loss of strength and muscle. But the two top ones tend to be, I'm a lot more tired, I'm gaining weight, um, and then, you know, next in line, you know, losing strength. For the guys that are tr- that are actively trying to be healthy, in the sense that, that they go work out, they do some kind of sport activity, you'll often hear that one where I've lost – I've lost a little more bounce in my step. I've lost, a, you know, I've lost some strength. Recovery is now taking me way longer than it used to. Um, that's what you tend. You do hear. Um, it depends upon the guy. Sometimes they don't. They're not coming right out the gate with it. But ED issues, um, which is an interesting topic with testosterone therapy, because I think there's a misconception that testosterone is going to like repair or improve ED 95% of the time. And from my experience, it's about a coin toss. Um, Half the time, there's a significant improvement for ED in guys with testosterone really? replacement. Okay. Yeah, about half the time. The other so half I the time, was always wondering if it was a, a libido It's a great issue question. That it helps. What I've told people, and again, I'm an ER doctor. I'm, I'm not an expert in this field. But my impression Pretty was always out. that testosterone helped with libido, but not necessarily with erectile, true erectile dysfunction. So the, the definitely almost always... If the testosterone levels are low and you replace them back up to, to normal, certainly optimal, almost always libido improves. And I agree with you that, that for, for many guys, that is a big factor in the erection, that they're not, their interest is not as strong. Right. But uh, testosterone can also actually help with the erection itself. Mainly, the thought is that mainly by affecting nitric oxide, so okay. increasing kind of like how Viagra works. Correct, um, okay. and so you know, helping increase the blood flow. So it it, it can, but um, what I've seen with other places um, sometimes is there seems to be a big promotion to get people in the door, or I think patients are misled um, when they're told that this is going to um, fix your ED, um, and it's it, it it's not a it's a fifty percent is not great 
It's not horrible odds, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's a. It's it's as guaranteed as some people think. So, right. but but no, it is thought that it can uh, can improve the erection itself. Okay. Through increase in blood flow, but I think it's about a coin toss from what I've seen. I haven't documented you know each case, but. I'd say that's pretty pretty fair. It was something Larry would always ask me all the time. He's like, you got the morning wood? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I do. He's like, okay, good. We're doing all right then. It was kind of like his measurement for something, but I don't know, really know that's, what he was measuring. That's interesting, Unless actually. he was just asking about my wood. No, no, I, don't, I think he was. That, that, that is a common thing that we've, that we've been told to ask or we've read about um, as a good indicator. I, I've seen literature um pointing to it that's a good indicator for low testosterone levels oh really? um, okay not having a morning wood so oh, oh by, yeah, by, yeah, yeah by the yeah, guy yeah. saying you know i'm not seeing morning erections near as frequently as i used to that would be a reason to consider testing um, but as far as um and i don't know if he meant it this way but as far as uh determining if the levels are are where they need to be um I don't know if that's a, a a great indicator, but I guess it, it it would tell you maybe if it's if it's having an effect. If the guy reported less erections in the morning, okay, um, to begin with, yeah. Um, but that, that's, no, I never had a problem with that. So yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, that, that's that's a good question. Actually, I, I, I don't think it's a great episode. indicator. What, what was that? Is it on the TMI episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too much information. But but that that is that is a, an indicator. Um, Obviously, it's not a perfect indicator, but that can be an indicator for low testosterone levels. And then I guess, obviously, you could use that as a gauge if therapy's working, if if, if guys are starting to see more morning erections. Okay. Um, That's fair. And I I still do that, actually, sometimes. I'll I'll ask if they're noticing an improvement in morning erections. Not my my typical go-to, but it's fair. Okay. It just seemed like a a question, a bizarre question to me. So I didn't know if it... Had something to do with those levels or not? We'll kind of segue off of that too. That um, low testosterone also affects fertility, right? That's right, and the opposite way most people would imagine. So, if you give someone testosterone, sperm counts drop, so fertility is impaired. Right. So it's like male. Yeah, it's like, that's right. That's right. Um, it's um, and they've actually looked at, I believe, trying to some companies, pharmaceutical companies, I think, have looked at it as a form of birth control. I don't know if anything's ever been done with it, but if you're consistent with the testosterone therapy, then then um, the odds are very, very high that your sperm counts are going to be low enough where it would be unlikely for you to conceive. Um, still possible, so maybe that's why nobody's moved on it because it's, it's right. it still does happen. And I've seen a few guys that have conceived while they were on therapy, so you don't you don't guarantee it, but certainly the counts the sperm counts do drop considerably. So this was. Do you remember when this came out and? Um, so UFC used to have a waiver for TRT, hmm. TRT uh, for testosterone. Oh, yeah, because yeah, uh, Vitor, Vitor got the waiver, didn't he? Right. Well, a lot of people got the waiver. Sure. Um, and you would think any athlete would try to get the waiver who's over 30 years old, right? Yeah, yeah. Vitor, Chael Sonnen. I remember. Well, so Chael, would, Chael right was the case, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So Chael and his, um, it's so it's so funny. This guy tried to run for office, and uh, and oh yeah, we got some music in the background. That's okay. Is it okay? Yeah, it's not fine. Too bad. That's All fine. Right, cool. I mean, yeah. Everybody loves it. We'll, 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 we'll roll with it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so uh, Chael, like I was saying, it's 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 no surprise this guy ran for public office. Yeah. Because <laughs> he and I hear nothing but good things about people that actually know him as a person. Right. Yeah. Um, but he is definitely he shows certain characteristics that um, 
he'd be a terrible guy to get into an argument with because I'm sure he would never admit that. Oh and then, man, I would I would not want to argue with Chael Sonnen yeah, about anything. So he uh, he did get um, I, and I don't know what he pissed hot for. Mm-hmm. My suspicion is it was HCG. So when those sperm counts go low and you stop the testosterone, which he was claiming he was doing, he to get his own sperm count kicked back up into. Um, he said he suffered from hypogonadism ever since a child, since he was a child. So he'd been on hormone replacement for years. Um, really? I don't know how true that is. Yeah, and, and uh, he I mean, he, he was a grown man, right? With a he had facial hair and yeah, yeah. So he, yeah. he went through puberty. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know how much of his, his yeah, story yeah, was yeah, legit, yeah. but um, he did mention about um, he w- he was on HCG to get his sperm count back up so he could conceive a child. Yeah, um, which is a legit excuse. Yeah. So so just to, to add in, so he failed for HGH, uh, EPO, anastrozole. Yep, anastrozole, and then and then HCG. Yeah, yeah. So okay. He popped that for makes, four things. Yeah, and um, all those things cool. make sense. Yeah. From a performance enhancement standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if the noise is too loud, I'm going to blame that on Coach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my children are here. And His they two are... beautiful children are here. And uh, my wife had just mentioned the other day how much she missed our kids being young. So here you go, there babe. You go. There you go. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. So sorry so she's for entertaining the noise front. that my kids are adding to but, this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, Makes it, perfect sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything that he's on. It's yeah. I mean, it, it, what's interesting? I don't know the details. I'm kind of glancing over the screen, but uh, an astrazole alone can be used to increase testosterone levels. Much less the the. Uh, I don't think he had HCG. I did unless that's in there. No, you I, I think it. he did because oh, he no, was coming was... off of the testosterone. Yeah. And his excuse for taking the HCG was to increase, to increase the sperm because he wanted to conceive a, a child. And and and. Um, what's interesting about that uh, for those listening so HCG will not only increase your sperm counts it also increase your testosterone levels it, it stimulates the production of testosterone from the testicles um, right and it increases sperm counts so he didn't mention that part but yeah I guess but so yeah it's I don't know. and the other interesting part about HCG do you know where it comes from uh no it comes from the urine of pregnant women Oh, okay. That's what, was we like, test, that's what tests yeah, positive. Okay, yeah. Yeah. ACG test is how you know if a woman's pregnant or yeah, not. Okay. I, I wasn't sure so, how you were asking. I don't know if, if what they have now is, is legit, but back back in my old days when guys would take this, it would be a, a vial of powder with a vial of probably normal saline. I have no idea what was in the other thing. You had to mix yeah. them together. I don't know if it's still that way or not. It's still, yeah, definitely when you go get it from a pharmacy, yeah, it's still yeah. that way. But, uh, you know, they give you a vial of powder and a vial of... Normal saline, bacteriostatic water. Okay. That's the way it's yeah. labeled on there, but yeah. Okay. But yeah, yes, I didn't know how you test HCG. <laughs> I, I thought you were asking from where in the body that it's produced. It, it always developed. freaked me out. I'm yeah. like, you're taking the urine of pregnant women and injecting it? Yeah. <laughs> What's confusing, I think, to some people, if they already if they know a little bit about testosterone replacement, is is the HCG how that works. So it's a it's. It's a, what's called a LH analog. So as far luteinizing hormone is what normally tells the testicles in men to make testosterone. Okay. HCG is is just LH. It's oh, it, this, okay. this, apparently the the structure of the molecules are, are the same. So it's a they call it a it used to be called a LH analog. So it's it's just basically injecting yourself with LH. Okay. So yeah, it's funny because luteinizing hormone. When I think of that, I think of female hormones, that's and I don't. A, that's think what of everybody. Male yeah. Hormones. That's okay. right. Yeah, yeah. I, I know if a guy pisses hot for that, like if you accidentally do a pregnancy test on a ma- on a male, mm-hmm. and they come back positive for HCG, you got to look for um, 
uh, germinal cell cancer, testicular cancer. That's gotcha. what, you're, what you're looking for. Interesting. Um, I learned that the same week I saw it on an episode of ER. Nice. It's one of those serendipitous things where it's, you learn it in class and you're watching ER and it happens on there and you're like, this was meant to be. It's right. Like, no, yeah. I'll never really. forget this. Yeah. 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 So I never forgot so that. So that was actually one of my, my questions, I guess, was like the chain reaction cycle of having low testosterone just through age. Um, I guess so it's, it's one thing affects another. It's, I guess, low T from what I was reading. Um, that's where you get your, your LH or your luteinizing hormone. Um, that being low gives you an overall lower T production, which is just like a, a gradual that's like right, downhill that, cycle. Yeah, there, there's, there's, there's two types. And normally when you see someone or you should, when you see someone that you're, that you're working up for that, you, you try to determine if it's primary or secondary cause mm -hmm. most people are secondary hypogonadism which is the one you were just mentioning where their lh is either normal or low and people might be saying well if it's normal that doesn't make sense well it's it's inappropriately normal if their testosterone is low and their lh is normal you blame the pituitary for for not responding appropriately to a low level it, it should sense low levels and say hey we need more testosterone hence it should scream a little louder to the testicles and that scream would look like a, a elevated lh Gotcha. Um, the other one, which is less common that you see in men, is the primary. And that's where there's testicular failure. So you'll you'll have a guy who has low testosterone levels. You check his LH, and it's high. Um, that the pituitary is sensing appropriately. Levels are low. We need more. Right. But the testicles are not responding appropriately. So you you, you deem that guy a primary failure. That guy cannot get away with taking, in theory. Mm -hmm. um, HCG, Clomid, it doesn't matter what you try to tell the testicles to do. If you try to scream at it louder, it's not responding anyway to an appropriate signal. So that guy, well, if he's low, um, he, that guy will have to take testosterone. The, 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 gotcha. In theory, I mean, assuming you retested and you confirmed, yeah, this just wasn't a one-off thing where his LH was elevated, but uh, he, he'll, there is no other option for that guy other than testosterone in order to get the testosterone levels up sure yeah so, yeah interesting yeah and you can see I, I i always tell people that endocrinology is what brandon's basically talking that the facet of medicine it's called as endocrinology yeah. is probably one of the more difficult um pathophysiology pathophysiological courses that you're going to take in medical school because so many things are high and when they're high that means you're low and there's a primary and a secondary and it gets gets very confusing and this is also my plea to anyone that is um, thinking about um, I like what you say testosterone optimization yeah that um, you know I think you need to see somebody that that's all that they do um, you can certainly go to a primary care physician that knows about high blood pressure and diabetes and they can manage that pretty well um, but when things get really complicated for your hypertension they're going to send you to a cardiologist for diabetes they're going to send you to an endocrinologist um, i would say if you're even thinking about getting into um, optimizing your hormones yeah i would probably just i mean that's what i did i didn't go yeah. to my primary care physician i went to somebody that's all that they did that's what right. they committed their life to um, and I think that's kind of where medicine is, is gone. You know, there's very few people that can do it all. Yeah. And if you really want a specialist in a particular area, um, I don't think they need to necessarily be a physician. I think they just need to be committed, have committed their life to figuring out the best way of getting you to feel 
your best. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, you know, it isn't, uh, to be fair, it's in my best interest to agree with, with that, but I, I, I think I would agree regardless that um, even if you're not seeing a position, um, somebody that, you know, you, uh, you can verify or ask them questions, how long have you been doing this? Do you have any, like, um, extra training in this field? Typically, if you get extra training, they'll, it'll come with some kind of certification. You know, those are good questions to ask. I, the people are starting to realize, I think, that you don't necessarily have to go to an endocrinologist to get great care for, say, low testosterone. And to be fair, um, when it comes to low testosterone, I, I'm confident in, in all the facets of, of d- dealing with that. But, it, for instance, um, certain thyroid conditions, um, you know, I, I, would, I would defer to an endocrinologist. So, yeah, there, there are scenarios where you don't want to see a low T specialist for certain things. Um, so you just have to be, be mindful of what you're seeing. Um, and, um, and well, I think as a, as a provider, you have to know your limitations. And I think that's right. the number one sign of a good provider. People will say, what's, what's the number one? And it's an old time question that you get from attendings when you're a medical student or a resident, they come up with stupid fucking questions all the time. Um, but one thought provoking question that really, I don't think is so stupid. It's, you know, what makes a good doctor? And I think it's the same thing that makes any good provider, whether that be a nurse, a nurse practitioner, a physician assistant, or a doctor, is knowing your limitations. Sure. Um, It's what makes you good at life. Yeah. It's the same thing in jiu-jitsu. You get into a position that you're not comfortable with, you bail from that position, you get yourself to a position that you feel comfortable with. Um, If I run into a situation at work that I'm not really clear about. I have to be honest with myself that I've run into some limitations here. And anything beyond this is now I'm leaving up to chance. I need to get an expert in this field and get some direction. So I think knowing that, that's a a sign of a good provider. And I I think that, unfortunately, there's a lot of ego in medicine. And when you go to somebody with a hot topic like hormone replacement that may be a, a, a primary care provider, there's always the potential for the ego to get into the way and um, maybe they, they're they in a realm that's outside of their bounds. You know, It's hard to be good at something if you don't commit your life to it. Sure. Um, yeah. And that's just, just how medicine is now. There's too many facets with um, the, to be good at everything. With the, the, the low, low T in particular, um, it, it's become so popular where um, there's so many people offering it and, and, and trying to do it that it, you do have to be you need to try to be careful, careful who you're seeing. There's a lot of people that offer it that aren't good or great at it. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it may be a, a big chain operation where someone is, uh, you know, sent in. Um, and, and to be clear, this, this was me a long time ago. Um, so I'm not, a, I'm, I'm, I want to be fair where a person is hired and they may have an, a background in family practice or internal medicine. They're hired. They go through a week of orientation, and they're given a protocol, and they're said, you know, go go, sure, go see these guys. Sure. Um, and that is not an uncommon scenario. And I mean, you, that's how you learn. I mean, you, you get out of school or what, whatever you're going into, and you kind of you learn on the job in some cases. My point is though is that there's a lot of people doing it now where not everybody is great at it. Right. Right. And so you do. You need to be you know, try to be careful who you're seeing. And um, here's the good news, though. I will say this: is that it's very difficult to treat someone for low testosterone and do anything really harmful. I mean, there's, there's a few things that you want to avoid 
if the guy has a, you know, if you think based upon a, a blood test, he's, he may have prostate cancer that's not diagnosed, you maybe you, you, you don't you don't give that guy testosterone. Right. Um, right, right. But other than a few, you know, one or two scenarios, uh, you're not going to do irreparable harm. Yeah, I, I have a friend of mine, um, a very close friend of mine. Um, I know he wouldn't mind me mentioning him on the phone here. Let's... But I won't, I won't just in case. But anyways, he's one of your long distance clients. Okay. He had somebody prescribing him, his primary care physician was prescribing him testosterone supinate once a month. Yeah, that's a 200 insane. milligram injection once a month. They, they that still I do can that. think of that being harmful. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, that, that I, that's still done. Because I was I like, what the hell are you doing? Because what it'll do is it'll spike your levels. You stop producing testosterone. And now you're, you're going like at a period of time where you're, yeah, it's you, horrible. he was feeling miserable. He was worse. I don't know where they get that from actually. Cause even if you just look up, uh, Dr. Joe knows and, and anybody in the medical field knows there's a, there's resources that you can Hippocrates. go online. Uh, <laughs> Apocrates. 200 milligrams once a week. Thank that, you. That's what it, that's he, the knee he, jerk. He read my mind. You yeah. literally, it's free. You go in there, you look at the standard dosing. I don't know where they get this once a month thing from. It's insane. Um, and you're right on that. That I think actually does more harm than good. My point initially though, was, you know, you're not going to kill anyone. Sure. Right? And that's a whole nother topic. I don't know if we'll be able to get into it or not, but the real risks of, of TRT well, versus that, that's, I know that you, you know, Co- coach is always so good. He, he puts out a whole list of stuff whenever we have a that's podcast great. of everything. I've got, I've um, got a bunch of topics to touch on. Oh yeah. Right. And I think we back can, here, I better stay somewhere we can go here, for three hours. Okay. Probably. Okay. Yeah. I, got, I better stay focused, but you had, I think you I just, did have somewhere here. Like, is it safe? Is it legal? That's kind of where I was going to end this yeah. at, but we can jump around. It's totally no, fine. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you leave. I don't want to be an infomercial for sure. And, sure. you know, I have had a number. A no, I, mean, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've at least talked to. I know I've referred, uh, you know, all my close training partners and yeah. friends to you. Appreciate it. Um, but I, not everyone is a, a success story. And there's a very good close friend of mine. Um, uh, he's actually a physician, too. Um, that uh, didn't have a great experience. And he actually, his side effects were, it, he did not respond well at all. That's a great point. The, 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 this, I, I borrowed this. You know, a lot of times um, um, we're, regur- or I know I am for sure, regurgitating information that I've read or been taught. And so th- this is from a, um, he's a very famous urologist um, uh, at Harvard. He's got his own private practice, but his name's uh, Abraham Morgenthaler. He's a big TRT proponent. He's got a book, great book, by the way. Um, when you hear the name, you're like, what? But it's called Testosterone for Life, um, but it's a great book. Uh, I believe he actually said this, that it tends to be in, in groups uh, of thirds. And, and this, I believe, holds true from, from my experience. One third will, will respond amazingly. They do a 180. Another third will get solid improvements. And then there's the last third that they don't really notice any improvement they don't they're they don't they don't respond and so to be fair again you know like you were saying this is not necessarily an infomercial but uh i would say about a third of guys are not going to see a big change Um, so it's not a panacea it's not like just because and and i mean even if your levels are low and we treat you doesn't mean you're going to feel better because your fatigue or your complaint may not have been low testosterone The, the testosterone levels were low but that's not what was causing your symptoms so to be fair, not not everybody is going to feel better, and some people will have some side effects. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't grow horns or anything crazy like that, but they may have some 
I've seen a few guys that have had negative mood changes. It's not common. Um, a little more emotional, more irritable. Sometimes that's um, uh, we can work that up and get rid of that. If, we, if sometimes it may be estrogen related, but uh, um, but yeah, not everybody's gonna yeah. gonna feel better. Just as a quick aside, now if you hear somebody talking like a baby in the background to a dog, that is Jackson. He just came home from school, <laughs> and I, I was wish we had it on clear tape because it's adorable that this tough teenage kid who is very monosyllabic i thought i saw him walking maybe that was yeah, him. That, yeah. that was him yeah. that was him monosyllabic is a good neanderthal mm-hmm. hmm. he's I, I, was, I heard a little something in the the feedback on, in my headphones so and that was when i was like that doesn't yeah. sound like my son <laughs> yeah i mean i i know we we did um a a, a 10 week course just recently mm-hmm. of an additional hormone right on top of the testosterone there's a six-month waiting period in between each course correct that's interesting and and that's um yes not not necessarily um based upon any evidence i've seen but in general we, what, what we like to do oh. at, at revato is is try to limit any um non-bioidentical hormones okay we want to limit the use well, of those i was going to tell you i did have and i didn't, I didn't speak with you about this because this was only in the last two weeks maybe last three weeks of that course. I never, I don't think I've ever seriously suffered with depression ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everybody gets the blues. Sure. Yeah. But I definitely went through a little period where nothing, like I was, it was like, a, it was oh, wow. as close that, to that depression. was following is, you. It was, of, it was know. a terrible, terrible, I'll tell you this stuff helped with my joints. Right. I, I had, um, and there's some good the evidence gains behind I had, that. Yeah, gains I had were astronomical. Um, Sounds like you noticed some negative mood stuff, though. It wasn't angry. It right. was just, I don't know why I'm not as happy and go lucky. Yeah. And there was definitely people saying, hey, why are you so quiet at work? Yeah. And definitely like, depression. I mean, depression, that, that's a whole other podcast, too. It is. Is. It, is. Do, yeah. it manifests in, in several different ways and different for everybody. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised... If um, I wouldn't be surprised if that had something to do with it. It may have nothing to do right. with it. Sure. Um, but it definitely, hold on, work's blowing up. Um, <laughs> I was like, you're a popular uh, guy. <laughs> one of our, our directors is getting uh, interviewed on NPR. But anyways. Um, I like NPR, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Long time listener. So that, 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 I would say, is a potential. And I want a buddy of mine, um, who wouldn't mind me mentioning him, Brian, my best friend growing up, uh, was asking about it. And I said that was the one thing that i i don't know if it was related or not i but wouldn't hesitate to try it again right because you can't sample size of one doesn't mean anything great point but but it sounds like that was not a normal that was not normal for you it definitely and it coincided right along with uh with the use of, a, of an additional supplement yeah so i mean i would be thinking yeah. the same thing um now uh blood clots that's usually a that's big a question i get one. from everybody yeah. man how much time do we have so and, and so i have uh somebody i work with that was on i want to say he was on a gel or pellets one of the two i don't think he was receiving injections okay um and i uh, won't mention his name obviously yeah. and uh he actually took care of him he had wait did i take care of him i he, can't he remember if i was his primary provider or not I don't know if he was signed out to me. I can't remember. Anyways, he had a PE. He did have a and he, clot. And he, and he ended up getting... Now, is, was that related that's to right. the testosterone? I don't know. That's my next question. Did he have, what kind of you know history did he have? Healthy you know, guy. Risk factors, none? None. Non-smoker. No. Non-smoker, healthy guy. Um, his, I mean, just... He, he breeds nothing but athletes. 
and mm. he's an athlete himself. Um, did but, he, did, uh, y'all did all like the normal tests to look for any clotting issues? No, that's an inpatient thing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, and I and what I, the trend I've seen is that they won't do that. It's like they see, oh, you're on testosterone. Okay, good enough. We're, we're not going to test for that. Um, if they have any excuse for why you had, now you get two clots, then that whole testing starts. It, it depends on the provider that admitted you. Like I admitted him from the hospital, from the ER, but um, in yeah. the hospital, you know, um, it, it, whoever's taking care of you, they're going to take it as far as they want to take it. Um, but how many have you seen that as a as a as a? No, have you had any? I mean, because you've been doing this for a long time now. Yeah, about I would say probably thousands of patients at this point. Easily, easily. Yeah. Um, now, first, let me say I don't see everybody who I start. Some people will leave, and we won't hear we won't hear from them. So I, I can't account for everybody, right? But I've seen a lot of people um, zero. I've never never encountered it. Right. Um, that I knew of. Right. Um, so, in my mind, and and not just my mind, there's um, there are other people as well. There's a, I, I don't know if it's the most recent, but in 2000, either 17 or 16. This was a few years ago. Uh, a consensus statement came out from different experts in different fields: urology, endocrinology, internal medicine. Um, and it's a, uh, it's it's a, it's in the Mayo, I don't know, umbrella. Um, but I've got it posted on the website, um, uh, revitalhealthclinics.com, if anybody wants to, to read it. Um, Morgan Taller, I think, was one of the heads of the, the whole the whole thing. But they speak to a lot of those, um, um, a lot of the things we're talking about. And, and one of them was is that, and you kind of have to say it this way to be fair, you know, based upon the available evidence, there, there's there's no there's no evidence, good evidence for for an increased um, risk of, of clots and, and strokes, heart attacks, clots, you know, PEs. It's just not there. Now, can it happen? Um, it's possible, um, right. but but the evidence doesn't support it. And right. so there's there's um, and there's kind of two different thought processes. One is that it's something with testosterone directly that increases risk for clots. The other thought is that it's due to an increase in red blood cells. Um, Which always struck me funny because red blood cells have nothing to do with clotting. Right, right. That's that's the confusion, I think. Platelets that, do. Right. Uh, clotting it, factor does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But red blood cells carry oxygen. Right. To my knowledge, if I have a low hematocrit, hemoglobin, if I'm anemic, that doesn't mean I bruise more. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean I bleed more. But I've heard that too, even to the point that if you're if your hematocrit's too high, you'll go donate like a pint of blood. That's, that's right. That, I, 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 that's one thing that I, I kind of talk myself uh, in, in circles sometimes, uh, in some cases, trying to explain that to people and, and get the point across um, that... The evidence for that is is not there. That that testosterone induced erythrocytosis, which is increase in if those who don't know, I, I know Dr. Joe knows, increase in red blood cell counts. That is different than polycythemia. What, what it's normally compared to, and, and the risks that are associated with TRT, is they're extrapolating risks from another condition, which is a blood cancer, polycythemia vera. You have increase in red counts. Typically, you have increase in red counts, white counts, white blood cells, red blood cells, and platelets. Um, that is not the same, and that's normally where the risks are, are they're taken from, from another condition. 
that again, and I think that article speaks to it, the evidence for testosterone induced erythrocytosis causing clots is just not there. I think that's a vacuum cleaner. Um, And so classically, medicine does this all the time. When you have a particular disease process or you have um, maybe there's a subset of patients that there are not enough. This is classic in pediatrics. Okay. For the most part, pediatric pediatrics. Hold on for one second. So I'll continue to talk. Uh, Coach is going to go ahead and and, uh, figure out the, the vacuum cleaner. So typically, if your sample size is really small you'll have to extrapolate evidence from another field right and and bring it into play it's a great point so um i never knew that that's where they came up with the risk factor for clotting from polycythemia vera that that's um yeah i think that's fair to say that's where they get that's where they they have to be getting it from um because the 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 evidence for uh testosterone induced erythrocytosis is just not there and and you, you look for it and you just don't find it you you see people all the time that have high red cell counts in in this field, you'll typically I'll typically tell, and, and again I'm regurgitating things that I that I've been taught and read, and I I, I will no, nothing know. that we do is original. <laughs> That's right. You I, know, <laughs> I, I, I like to sound original, and you know, like I'm like I've got original, but the fact is, that most of these are not original ideas, and, and I'm regurgitating. But thank you for pointing that out. You're yeah. right. It's it, it. So, um, Sherpas, these guys that live in the in the mountains and 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 um, take people up the mountains, these guys have hematocrits in the '60s. Now, they don't. So, so just for a reference, yes. so people know, um, a, normal, a normal hematocrit runs in the 30s. I, well, I would say. See, I don't do hematocrits. I, I only think of hemoglobin. So, like, so 12 to 12 to 15, and so multiply that by three. That would be a normal hematocrit. So 36, 30, 40, somewhere yeah, around the, there. So, like LabCorp, for instance, their upper end of normal for hematocrit is. Um, 50 51 that's okay. the upper but you're right the range is like 30 something up to 51 right um so um we will the con, typically what's used when you're seeing a guy for testosterone replacement therapy to manage that person if you're not um very good at it or been doing it a while you typically are referred to what's called the endocrine society guidelines and they have guidelines for different conditions one of them is, is testosterone therapy in men and so what, what, what you're told to do is if the hematocrit gets above normal, so uh-huh. above 51 in the case if you're using LabCorp, then that is a risk factor for, for clots, and you need to adjust course. You either need to lower the dose, stop therapy, blood donation, get it down. Okay. And those are ways that you can get it down. Um, when somebody gets above that, um, there, there's a concern that, that they're at risk for clots. I just said that we may have to, we're gonna have to edit some of this stuff out, but I uh, know <laughs> uh, we're, we're good. Just, we're just good. Keep my mind um, the, so back to the Sherpas that there's people that have very high hematocrits, but they don't, they don't croak over with strokes and heart attacks. So that does not match up the fact that if you have a high hematocrit, that you're somehow going to be at an increased risk for, for strokes and heart attacks. Cause if that was the case, what we should be doing is making people who live at high altitude they should move down to sea level because they're at risk or they should be donating shitloads of blood yes that one of the two people in denver should be moving down to sea level because they're in and for instance um bolivia i believe that the, the average hematocrit for for men in bolivia i think it's like up to 58 or 60 it's it's i think it's on the website too 
But if we that's really believe really that, if we really believe yeah. that, then we need to be those people are at risk, and how how we should we should be worried about them. We should move them down to sea level, or they should donate blood periodically. They're not at risk. Um, so huh. that that idea doesn't doesn't hold a lot of water. Now, in fairness, with the Sherpas, <laughs> that's kind of the extreme end. I will um, uh, agree that that's not a perfect comparison. Those guys are probably in great shape. Their cardiovascular health is probably amazing. They're very active. But and they're tiny people. They're what? They're tiny, tiny, tiny people. people. Yeah. <laughs> um, tiny people. Live longer. They live long, right? Yeah. So it's not a perfect comparison, but that, that whole concept doesn't hold a lot of water. Now, that's not to say you don't need to be safe. And to what I currently do and what most people do is kind of a CYA move. You don't want somebody to have some kind of event. A lot of these guys that we see, some of them are already not in good condition. Yeah. And, and if they were to have an event that would not be related to the testosterone, you are going to be blamed for that event. End of story. You don't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. I mean, this is the life I live in. If somebody comes in with in chest your pain case, and they have worse. a heart attack, even if that heart attack was cocaine related, <laughs> like a night later, I'm still going to be held responsible for the chest pain they had two weeks prior to that. Yeah. Um, there may not be any, that might be associated, but it's not a cause. But unfortunately, that is the world we live in, and you know it's know very you know. easy to convince a jury of non-medical professionals, yes. even medical professionals, sure. that you are the cause of that. I mean, hell, it's written in the literature, right? That's right. That's so, right. So yeah, it's it's so you know typically what you'll find is um, people have different um, levels of, of, of risk tolerance. Um, it, it, I base it upon a few factors, but. In general, if it's upper end of normal or a little bit above normal and it's a relatively healthy guy, not a smoker, um, I'm not too worried about it. Okay, so um, you're being reasonable, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, because we are going about an hour now, mm. um, and I want to have you back on. So Absolutely. we got to have some other s- subjects. Um, Love it. How can people, if they're interested, because you're not just limited to Tennessee where we're at. I have friends around the country that that are involved in your care. That's right. So how, if somebody, what's the best way to contact you? So, um, I would, I would contact me through the, uh, through the office in, in Smyrna. So it's, uh, right outside Nashville, Revital Health Clinics, um, 615-768-5552. The and, website's yeah, revitalhealthclinics.com. Okay. Hey, there's numbers on there. You can email, you can call, even if there's just questions or if there's medical people listening and they need, they need, you know, some kind of help or question. Um, if, if I will make the time um, to, to help out, but that's that's how you can you can find us. So if they're not from here, do you just do video conference with them? How do you? Yeah. So if they're not if they're not in Tennessee and I can't lay hands on them to begin with, um, then the quick answer is yes. It will be done through through video conference. Okay. Um, so it'll be done remotely. Lab work will have to be done remotely. Okay. Um, that's. Um, that that's the typical scenario. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Coach, do you have any? I mean, we there's a couple talking points that we kind of missed. I know we're running on an hour. Um, I guess the hit the them one up, thing, man. hit them up. It's okay. Yeah. I, I guess the one I'll thing I was going to ask was uh, just like how often should you get tested, um, and if there's anything like, yeah. you know, what you're getting tested for. They always say like don't eat or eat or you know whatever. So is there anything people should look out for if they go get treatment somewhere else oh, like, that's uh, actually an awesome question uh, like a standard of practice i guess what they should look out for is 
for getting tested yeah, initially? If, yes, initially. Yeah, if they just show up somewhere first place, yeah. what should they be looking for in that care? Yeah, um, like they hear bizarre advice, like you don't, we can't test you today. You need to be, you need to fast twelve hours or something crazy like that. Or, yeah, um, I, I wish I could, I wish I could be um, more concise with this answer. So if they're if they're using insurance, the insurance company and the and the doctor may or not may or not may or may not be aware of this. The insurance company, some of them require fasting. So okay. really, even for testosterone testing. Interesting. Oh, okay. That's one good. I know for sure. Aetna, for instance, has it written out that they want you fasted, and most of them want it in the morning. Um, but Aetna, I think, actually has it written out as fasting. Why is that in the morning? Are your testosterone levels the highest in the morning? That's so right. They want to get the best level. They want to see kind of what, where you're at at your best. So most of them are moving. If they're not already there, they're going to be there soon. They're going to want it tested in the morning. What is morning? Um, Aetna defines it before 10 a.m. Everybody else looks like 11 a.m. or before is good. Um, interesting. Yeah, uh, that's really interesting. Um, okay. But is, is your baseline one test, or do you test your patients multiple times before you start a treatment? It's another good question. Um, so let me give you the conventional answer first, okay, which sure. is you, you, you need to test multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that as a general rule, that's good. Um, if you don't want to test someone when they're sick or they just got over being sick. And I mean sick, not like I had a, a little sniffle. Sure. Um, the levels are likely to be skewed low. You don't want to test someone if they had a really rough night the night before. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're hungover and they got three hours sleep. You don't test. Um, but the conventional answer is uh, at least two tests in the morning that show low levels. You meet the definition with symptoms. You have to, Most insurance com- companies are, de- are going to define that you have to have certain symptoms. Right. Most everybody meets the symptom requirement. It's more the testing that people get get uh, get caught up in. But mm-hmm. two tests. That's that is good practice in general. There are some cases where I won't test twice, but um, that's um, that's not commonplace. Um, for instance, if the guy is not sick, he had a normal night's sleep, um, and He's very symptomatic. Let's say he's 45, 50, and I test him, and his levels are, you know, low, low. We're not not borderline. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Now, some people may jump down my neck, urologist or endocrinologist, because it is possible you can test a guy, and he may, in theory, he may be low, but he's not consistently. That was a that was a, a temporary transient issue. Gotcha. Um, I don't, in my experience, that that does that, that kind of stuff doesn't really happen. If he's very, very low, okay, look, maybe he's 50, 60, 70 points better. He's still low. Like sure. if his t- testosterone is 150, um, you know, maybe if you test him again, maybe he's 250, still low. Um, but the quick answer is at least two tests in the morning. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, the other one I was just going to hit up real quick was, uh, do you ever see like, uh, uh, cancer patients have had radiation therapy. Do you do you get those um, those patients that are affected by that? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, any 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 chemotherapy, um, it's worth you know if they're if they have any symptoms at all, and maybe just a good idea, kind of as a as a routine. Certainly within the years right after the, the therapy, mm-hmm. probably a good idea to check the levels. Certainly any radiation from the neck up. Um, Probably a good idea to make sure their levels look okay. That may even be a standard of care for some um, um, oncologists. I don't know if they, they'll tell them or recommend that. but We did. I, I, I know one oncologist at one point in my career, I was wondering why all of his male patients were on testosterone. Okay. And I can't remember where it was. I can't remember if it was up in Pennsylvania or if it was in Knoxville. 
but I remember seeing that trend and I was like, oh man, this must be a good, you know, God is looking at the whole picture. That's great. Yeah. And that makes sense. So any, anything that's going to potentially, you know, the likelihood of causing harm is, is, is pretty good. Um, anything around the pituitary gland, which kind of sits right in the middle of your head mm-hmm. or anything going on down near the groin, any radiation in those areas, uh, or chemotherapy, which is, is, uh, to my knowledge, always systemic. I don't know if they, you know, if you can do chemotherapy just focal, focal chemo. Uh, there are some some uh, there's some new. They don't even call it chemotherapy. Uh-huh. It's uh, it's like marker specific mm. therapy. Very cool. There's all kinds of new crazy stuff coming out in the oncology world. But the gist is, you know, any any radiation um, in in those areas, the head, the groin. Yeah, I would hope that the oncologist would 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 also let them know prior to having it done that. Mm-hmm. You know, we may be, especially if it's, you know, anything around the groin area, right. you know, we may be, we may be increasing your risk for some issues, but yeah, any, anything in those areas, definitely worth getting a check for the, um, I would say for at least a year or two afterwards, um, just to kind of get a, get an idea, make sure everything's okay. And in general, I think it's, it's not a bad idea that there's an, you could make the argument that maybe it's a good idea at 20 to for like general practice to just kind of get a, a hormonal panel get on people. Yeah, it might not be a bad idea, right? Um, but certainly, I mean, I used to say 35, 40. Now I'm almost saying at 30. But, you know, somewhere around that 35 age, um, you know, getting up. When you're going in for your physical, ask your doctor, you know, if they can check your testosterone level. Right. I don't think it would hurt. Certainly if you're not feeling great. Um, sure. But otherwise... You know, maybe around 40 going forward. I don't think it would hurt to check it every few years. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I would say, I, I think after 30 is, is I don't think Makes it's sense. very reasonable. And that's when we used to say andropause can kind of start. And it's kind of male equivalent to menopause. And catching it early is a big deal, too, yeah. like with a lot of things. Why right? waste so many years of your life just being depressed, run down, and without mm-hmm. energy? So if somebody was interested in this price range, and with your experience, where does that, what can somebody look at if their insurance does, now insurance covers it great, but if their insurance doesn't cover it from your experience, because there are all kinds of companies out there now, mm, uh, one yeah. of the more popular ones that you see all over the internet, but they never give any price. Where, where, with your experience, where do prices kind of range where somebody knows, okay, this is reasonable what I'm being charged? Um, yeah, I would say around $250 a month is, is kind of the average um, I've seen it vary quite a bit lately. As the competition increases, the prices drop, which is great for the consumer. Um, right. So I've seen things as low as um, you know, 150 um, and up. Okay. Um, but I would say on average, you're looking at around 200 to 250 dollars monthly. And that includes your visits, somebody monitoring your lab work. It, it doesn't, doesn't normally cover the cost of the testosterone. That that's. That's that's right, and it does vary. I've seen some that the medications included. You'll see some telehealth companies that, that do it remotely. Um, they'll okay. offer the medication included, um, others not. But from what I've seen, and and um, you know, don't hold me to this, but most of the time, the um, locally, you're going in to get the medication through an injection, um, so you it is covered in your price. Um, if you're not going in, then you're often paying for it yourself from okay. the pharmacy. The good news is it's so cheap now yeah. for injectable, especially. You would think it would be more. But expensive. you have to give the injections yourself, or have somebody give them to you. That's right. If you're not going in somewhere to get them done, you'll you'll give them to yourself. Yeah. But two hundred, two fifty a month, 
Okay. Pretty good average price range. And are you doing any type of special for Christmas? I, I should have asked you to develop one for Yeah, oh yeah. Or, that hey, want to buy something for their husband. Because this could be a good, like a six-month trial gift, a year gift, or think, whatever it may be. I think, absolutely. Um, I, right now, we've been doing, till the end of the year, um, 20% off for uh, um, an ED treatment we do, which is called wave therapy. Okay. Um, but. I don't see why we couldn't extend it to, to TRT as well. So if any of our female listeners, which I know we do have a handful, those don't count the nurses I work with because most of them, well, I think a number of them actually are married. Um, but if it's something that you're having a hard time with a gift, this is an amazing gift, at least a trial, at least to allow to, you know, I don't know. It would be, I, it's normally it happens in a relationship. I'm sure you guys are in the same situation. What the hell is she going to get me? Yeah. What is there to get? I've got to be the most difficult person to buy a present for at this point. Right. This is something that would be an amazing gift for somebody, um, yeah. especially that that which ninety nine percent of the people listening to this are all jujitsu related. Um, yeah, I would it, say you could do. You could easily, um, you know, get kind of the first step would be, you know, obviously a test. So yeah, you you would get, get them. Tested. You know, we we give you a kind of a, a gift certificate type thing, and you would it would just be a test now. And if the test was was such where they're treatable, then yeah, we go the next step. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get some folks that will um, call you. And again, your phone number is? 768, so 615-768-5552. And then the website? Revitalhealthclinics.com. Okay. And you have a lot of good information on that. And I know you you did an information segment on YouTube that kind of covers everything. There's a few things on there. Yeah, I I, I probably need to to revamp it. It, 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 Seeing yourself on, hearing yourself and seeing yourself sometimes, you're like, oh, God. You sound like a complete That's why with the podcast, it's best just to hit that record button and just start talking. Just just roll with it. Just let it go. So, um, no, but I appreciate you coming on. Um, I I really hope that some of the guys that we work out with um, and then the random people that even listen to this either find somebody to help them out or they can contact you because for me, it was a major game changer. And, um, and it's been helpful for me too. I'm on the therapy as well. And it's, it's been, it's been helpful. I would put myself, yeah, I never way. asked you, I never asked yeah. you all these years, whether or not you, yeah, I yeah. knew Larry did, you yeah. know, um, and but I, I never asked you if you were on therapy or not. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on it for three, three years now, I think, um, three or four, but, but yeah, it's, I would put myself in that middle third. Um, uh-huh. I, I didn't feel like it was a 180, but Definitely has been helpful. Yeah, I've noticed it more in the body composition, being able to stay a little leaner and, and maintain oh, yeah. some strength. Yeah. So, so, so it, it has been helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, I, I, you know, it's hard. I'd have to go off now to really say sure, and I have to remember what life was like before. Yeah, you but, get kind of used to it after yeah, a while. Yeah, but I, I just know from talking to other people that I work out with, other people at work, and I just know that. Um, there's a little something different about me being able to keep up with a 15 year old kid. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You yeah. know, he wants to go lift, let's lift. He wants to go to jiu-jitsu, we go to jiu-jitsu. And there's no hesitation in that. And you're in, I don't, I don't, they can't see you through, I don't know how many people actually know you. You're in great shape, so. Okay, I mean, I'm getting You're looking good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're looking good, man. In spite of a two-week trip to Japan where I ate, surprisingly actually kind of good, but indulged quite a bit. Yeah. There's no change when I got back, but I'm also coming off of the the other therapy, which was okay. a huge game changer. Huge, good, huge game changer. Um, I'm actually fearful of my shoulders, and I, I had just to tell a quick Hopefully story about that. I had a severe left shoulder, and I swear I think it was a labrum tear. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even take a 45 pound bar and lift. Wow. Um, 
and uh, kind of rehabbed it. It was still having problems with it. I did the new therapy, which is specific for joints. I, you know, yeah, that's a big, big thing. For and it. that went away. I got injured one day and within one day that pain went away again. So it was just wow. like my joints. Now my lower back. No, it didn't help. So much. Damn it. <laughs> but, um, Anyways, in yeah. any case, hey, thanks for your time. I appreciate it so much. I'm yeah, glad. Yeah, I, yeah absolutely. Have the informations. No worries. Coach, was there anything you wanted to... I love it. To end with, no. I mean, I, like I said, we we asked a lot of questions. so, <laughs> <laughs> And I, I think we kept it pretty uh, uh, layman's terms. I think everybody should be able to understand Hopefully. everything you, you threw out there. I can, get, I can get off on tangents, so y'all forgive me. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it was a good good session there. It's a good podcast. Awesome. Awesome. And I hope everybody enjoyed it. it. And uh, if you have any questions, what we'll do is um, at this week's blog, what I'll do is kind of put up that information for Brandon's on the blog. In addition to this, Um, later on this week, um, actually, my wife will be having surgery this week, but we're going to try to find some time to upload those videos about the travel tips. Um, Hopefully we could fit another podcast in Japan. We'll talk about that and training out there. And uh, we'll go from there. But until then, we appreciate everybody listening and uh, keep training.